In this episode, we discuss Katherine Heigl's most honestly named film, One for the Money. And before we start, a reminder for New York area fans, come see our screening of Quiet Cool with live commentary this coming Friday, June 8th at 92Y Tribeca. More details on the website, www.flophousepodcast.com. And welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And who's this over here with you guys? It's Who Ellie it? Kalen. Uh, oh, knock knock. Who's there? Thank God he it's identified himself. How did you know? Uh, you got a, you wearing a wire? Ellie, <laughs> Ellie with two T's, right? Yeah, you better believe it. Okay. If what happens if I do one T? Uh, you, the other T is your tombstone. <laughs> it's crossed. Can I get your pepperoni grave. and cheese on it? Or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, Dan. That's what very are you generous doing here? of you. The man with the pizza-shaped tea. Uh, let me, yeah, let me reset, as they say in the radio business. What, uh, are we starting over? This is a <laughs> show. Uh, show that you listened to through your ear holes. So, what do we do on this show, Dan? <laughs> and it's, so, wait, people aren't watching us right no. now. No. So, take I thought your we pants made off. like a hundred of these videos. Or in your, in your case, it. put your pants back on. All of the hilarious visual gags you're doing right now are uh, lost to the sands of time. <laughs> oh, good one! I'll take off these wacky glasses. Mm-hmm. I like those. Uh, this is a show where we watch a movie, probably a bad movie. Almost and then always. we discuss it Spoiler afterwards. Alert. And what's the name of this show? It's called The Flop House Podcast. It's That's a pun on the idea of a flop <laughs> and also the concept of a flop house, which is where. Uh, like I cowboys like, and shit would go hang well, out. Well, I mean, like uh, drunks. <laughs> it's where cowboys would times. hang out and also shit. <laughs> it's a house where shit hangs out. <laughs> it's more like it's, it's the, old, the old version of a crack house. Okay. Well, that's not entirely accurate. Well, I mean, they were legal, right? right history, man. <laughs> a flop house is more like a halfway house. Oh, for for crack addicts. Yeah, no. <laughs> a for old-timey crack you're addicts. You're going the other direction. That's you're crack spelled with a Q-U-E at the end. <laughs> yeah, and then an E at the end, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, apologies if there's any ambient noise. Uh, it's, it's We're all on ambient right summer now. Summer has uh, come upon uh, New York City very quickly. It's a hot time. Summer in the city on the uh-huh. back of my neck. It's not gritty, I'd say, but that's no. Yeah, that's, that'd be weird. I think, uh, but the yeah, windows raining, are right? wide open. It's raining. Uh, I have not put the air conditioner in just to set the stage. A little ambience and also ambiance. I'm, I'm walking in the snow, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a crackling fire. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Oh, crinkle. Yeah, wait over there, guys. And the there, wolf. There's a there's a uh, there's a flophouse house cat over there, right? Get it? Wow, that's hilarious, What's right? That house cat doing so far in the woods. Yeah. I can do sound effects. It's a house cat. I mean, specifically, it's in the name. Yeah, it's not a wild Should cat. Not be in well, the, that, the house cat though is a wild cat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, moving on, we all we all just did some sound effects, guys. Yeah, that's, that's so we free. warmed up. Yeah, high five. <laughs> that's free. Woo! Now you got to pay for it. Uh, to actually, to get the, you may have you heard the sound effect of Stuart and Dan high fiving? It's actually the sound of a man punching a side of beef. <laughs> that's how they make that sound on the yep. radio. That's some uh, Flophouse Foley magic. Yep, Dave Foley magic. Mm-hmm. He's over in the corner drinking sadly to himself. And doing close-up magic tricks. <laughs> I didn't know that was something that Dave Foley was known for. All you need is a pack of cards and one coin, entertain for hours. Okay. Well, uh, we watched a movie tonight What's called... amazing is he can entertain himself because he's so drunk he forgets the tricks. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how they're done, even as he's a man, doing them. A man who is a great comedy hero of mine. Mine too. That's been destroyed now. Yeah. Well, I don't know we destroyed. We should... We shouldn't laugh. He's was that like through line. gaslighting or something? Or yeah, yeah. If someone wanted to steal his jewels, Kevin McDonald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we can only assume Kevin, Kevin McDonald. McDonald wanted to steal Dave Foley's jewels. Um, so we watched a movie tonight. It was called One for the Money with Catherine Heigl. I've never heard of this. Rated movie. R. <laughs> <laughs> Was it rated R? I don't think so. He's a movie phone guy. <laughs> I, probably not. PG-13, there was a scene where 
Catherine Heigl clutched her arm in front of her uh, naked breast. You saw her naked side. Mm-hmm. Side boob? But I side think butt that's... and boob. Okay. So I, uh, mark that down, Mr. Skin, if you're listening at home. <laughs> Mr. Reginald Skin. <laughs> you better believe that Mr. Mr. Reginald Skin MD. bought one for the money on Blu-ray Dr. when it came Skin. out. <laughs> Please, that's Dr. Skin. I didn't go uh, you don't to think skin school for six years to be Wait, called a, Mr. He has a degree in skin? You don't, you don't think Mr. Skin got he's a, a screener for this? I mean, I, I'm sure he did. At this you point, know, because an he's, academy an, he's an academy yeah, voter, yeah. yeah. He got an academy screener. By the way, do you know that the reason uh, that Mr. Skin can operate is that technically he's a review site? That's why he can put up all that uh, material, that copyrighted material, is because he he's nominally a review site. So he can, quote-unquote, review the movie while showing clips from he's it. He's reviewing nudity. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's why he, he's not in trouble with copyright. Why law. the founding listeners fathers at put home, that law Listeners in. at home, Elliot and I have completely non-shocked expressions yeah, on our faces. Yeah, we are in no way. I just think that's an interesting fact. I think that's an interesting way to skirt copyright law. How's it related? Well, it's related in that that's probably the same reason I can put posters up on the Flophouse site without getting because uh, we're nominally a review site, but yeah. actually a, a boob site. It's yeah, more of like, we're just we're just people just. It's more of a up. sound effects uh, site. <laughs> <laughs> It's misty on the moors tonight. We're on a night like this on the docks on the moors. That's not even a sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you you bagged yourself a wolf patross. Like a seabird that's also a wolf. Did we paint an ear picture for you guys? We We painted a picture of an ear. (laughs) So, one for the money, starring Catherine Heigl of Huge Cast. Fisher Stevens, John Leguizamo. <laughs> Don't get attached to Fisher Stevens. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Jason Mara of Sherry the Shepherd. failed uh, television shows Terra Nova and Life on Mars. Yeah, uh, I think, and related to uh, Rooney Mara, right? I hope so. David, De- write De- in and David Kalen, <laughs> write in. Uh, Debbie Reynolds. Now this, Debbie Reynolds. Oh, how could I forget? The biggest star in the movie the is Debbie star, Reynolds. Screen star, yeah. Uh, this movie is based on the first of the Stephanie Plum. The guy who played Jimmy Barrett on Mad Men, yeah. isn't it? Oh, yeah. Based on the first of the Stephanie Plum novels by Janet Ivanovich, this series is a particular favorite of my mother, or was for a while. There's 23 of them now, yeah. and I think my mom got tired around 16 or 18. Yeah, I mean, well, that reminds me of uh, like the Sue Grafton uh, mysteries, where she set out, you know, like the alphabet. Uh, uh, mystery novels, and it's like, okay, well, there's going to be 26 of these. I am going to check out around N, maybe? Sure. <laughs> yeah, when like she got lazy his... after a while, I think V was for the letter V. <laughs> w X, is... X was for xylophone, which is weird. <laughs> w is for whatever, something mystery-related. <laughs> By Sue Grafton. <laughs> but you, this... you make up the rest. But this is a series about uh, Stephanie Plum, who is a young woman down on her luck, she doesn't have a job. She's in danger of losing her apartment. I don't understand how she can be so down on her luck when she owns the patent to plums. That's the weird thing. Moving like. along. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you look to your right, you'll see a stupid joke. Moving along. Uh, so, so, wait. Our character is Stephanie Plum. Is that she? We we learn that she is divorced. Mm-hmm. She's divorced. Is that last the name daughter of from Professor Plum? Is that last name her? God. Is that her original last name, or is that if we didn't need you to do the tech, Dan? <laughs> God, is I, that last name from her ex-husband? I don't remember. I'm only wondering because she has so. this large, very boisterous, very loud vocal. You're saying Italian? Italian family, yes. <laughs> it's New and Jersey. Plum doesn't sound unless maybe I it mean, was Plumolino before they came yep. to Ellis Island, or as it was known before it came to Ellis Island, Ellis Island Alini. Okay, uh, they changed Plumari. the name of Ellis Island at Ellis Island. Okay, so wait, we're just going to come up with variations <laughs> on the name Plum on how to Italianize yeah. it up. Plumeriti. Okay. Plumeritsi. Uh, I like that one. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. So let's go on. She's a new, But you, you read this book, right? I read this book years ago because my mom was a big fan of it, and she was like, you should read this. You'd enjoy it. And was and Elliot Loves it? Was there a mom. sexy babe on the cover? Or? No, this, this is one of those series where the title is just in big letters on the cover. Mm-hmm. So it just says, Janet Ivanovich won for the money. There's no illustration. Now I'm sure on the book there's probably a picture Janet of Ivanovich is the selling point in that yes. scenario. Yes. Just yeah, like James Patterson. Heigl, and like, also numbers. Daintily <laughs> holding a pair of handcuffs. Handcuffs over her butt. Yeah. Like in the poster. Because uh, she's going to handcuff her butt, I guess. <laughs> that seems like a bad two idea. Two cuffs, two butt cheeks. 
That's how it works out. That's math, Stu. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's move on. Moving on. Uh, so she's a down on her luck woman. She's divorced. <laughs> more plum material. You want to hear that? She's out of work. She's about to lose her apartment, and her car gets towed. She's got this boisterous family that's trying to set her up with a schlubby guy who's not a bad guy, and she's got a crazy, wacky grandma nice. played by Hollywood legend Debbie Reynolds, mm-hmm. who you may remember from the best Hollywood musical ever, Singing in the Rain. She, I mean, she hams it up a little bit in this. She hams it up a lot. This is a movie where. Uh, and I, don't th- I think the director was frightened to tell her to tone it down. Well, yeah, she had a loaded gun in one scene. She's just <laughs> no. waving around. There is one dinner scene where Debbie Reynolds' character is just waving a loaded gun around that she's found in Catherine Heigl's bag. People and seem very unconcerned. They, they're like, Ma, they're like, put it down, Ma. Mm-hmm. Come on, Ma, put it down. But they're not frightened, as they should be, because she shoots a turkey and meat goes everywhere, which leads to the one good line in the whole movie, which is... Uh, Spoiler alert. I guess there's more than one. There's a couple good lines. But the best line, which is... Uh, <laughs> The guy they're trying to set her up with, turkey flies everywhere all over him, and he's wiping his glasses off, and he goes, it's like fireworks made of meat. <laughs> yeah. Great line. There you go. Uh, but anyway. Money in the just- bank. So you guys probably, we should probably pause for a minute for our listeners to totally crack up, because mm-hmm. that was hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> to sew their sides back together, because they have split. <laughs> they're going to want to ice their knees after they slap them so much. <laughs> Adjust their wigs because they've just been flipped off. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's a surprise. <laughs> yeah, that's... And gather up their socks because they have been knocked off. <laughs> and so she decides she's going to go into business with her cousin Vinny, who is a bail bondsman. And the not line, the my cousin Vinny, is actually said at one point. Yeah, but it's not, the mo- it's not Joe Pesci from my cousin Vinny. No. It's actually... So cool down. Who plays it? It's the guy who plays Jimmy Barrett on Mad Men. I don't remember. And he was in Lost, I think. Irritating comedian Jimmy Barrett from Mad Men. You may remember him as the Utz Nuts guy whose mm-hmm. wife, Bobby, uh, Don Draper, attacked the vagina of with his hands in a restaurant. Attacked the <laughs> vagina of? Yeah, he like was, the vagina was coming towards well, he, him. Well, to threaten her, he like grabbed her vagina really hard. Oh, really? You remember that episode? Oh, but mm-hmm. I mean, she was. I mean, they were in a, a carnal relationship, the two of them. Yeah, but he did it. It wasn't out of lust. That was too. I know. It attacks the vagina. It sounds him. like he's like got some nunchucks or something, <laughs> and he's just whacking at it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. go on, Dan. Oh, oh keep, I going, keep talking no, no, about no, no, I don't, shouldn't oh, be interested in, uh, Oh, okay. Stuart's turned on by the nunchuck part of this equation. <laughs> now, I'm Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm not writing uh, erotic fanfic for you. You're, you should okay. write erotic Ninja Turtle Mad Men crossover <laughs> fanfic <laughs> between Bobby Barrett and Michelangelo. I finally found my niche. Uh, so she decides to become a bounty hunter for the for her cousin, the bail bondsman. Okay. This is taken by everyone. Everyone is like it takes first ten minutes of the movie. The first ten minutes of the movie, but also like she just eases into this job of bounty hunter. And when she tells people, they're like a bounty hunter in the same way as if if I told people like I'm going to try to become a model, people would be like a model. Like they'd be kind of. Could they I mean, be surprised? You know, I'd, but, I'd be intro- like, I'd be down with it. But I like, think if, you could do it. But if I told people I'm going to be a bounty hunter, they'd be like, "What are you talking about? You're yeah. going to be killed. You don't have a ponytail. <laughs> Your <laughs> karate not, chops you aren't have, strong enough. <laughs> you're not sassy. You don't wear uh, cleavage bearing tops. You're yeah. not a dog. Okay. Or have the name dog. Sure. No, uh, I, it's right. She basically walks into the the what the bail bondsman office yeah. and says, "Oh, I'm here for yeah. the filing job." And they're like, "Oh yeah, that doesn't exist anymore." And she's like. Uh, you have another job? And they're like, oh yeah, be a bounty hunter. And she's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and that's she- it. Case closed. <laughs> she did. <laughs> if only, Dan. <laughs> but it went on for another hour and roughly 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. She gets, as her case, this guy, uh, was named Borelli? Morelli. Morelli. Officer Morelli, a cop who's been accused of murder and is on the run. Also the man she lost her virginity to when she was 17. And then he didn't call her back, so she rammed him in the leg with her car and broke it. But that's all water unter die Brücke, as the Germans would say. (laughs) Uh, That's correct, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. where was I? I was so busy figuring you out. Think uh, that, you would think that this would be a, a difficult first case for a first-time bounty hunter, Yes, right? especially since every other bounty hunter seems to be on this case because it's so difficult. Yet she finds him Yeah, this is a midnight run-style uh, case where it's a high-profile, big-reward case. A lot yeah, of she's people. I mean, I'd have been up for it if, if it was like a whole bunch of wacky bounty hunters all trying to catch this guy. Like smoking aces? Mm-hmm. No, but like wackier. Like Empire Strikes Back? Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, it doesn't get any wackier than a robot, a lizard man, a, a, a bug robot, and a re- another robot. A really thin robot. And a guy in a turban, right? <laughs> and a guy wearing one ace, robot needs dirty to ace bandages all over his body. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a space a, mummy. Wait, did, did <laughs> <laughs> That's what he... Dengar. The space mummy? <laughs> oh, man. If the, if the space mum's on your trail... <laughs> And a Boba Fett. Did he say Boba Fett? I didn't say Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. He's too cool to make fun of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want Boba Fett coming after you. Nope. No, because then you'll silence. say, Boba Fett, Boba Fett where? And you'll hit him with a pole and knock him into a, <laughs> into a giant ground mouth. <laughs> yeah. So big, big old sand vagina. So, but she manages to find... <laughs> I was going to go toothed anus, but I'm glad that you, uh, <laughs> okay. you, that you picture a vagina. It okay. sounds like, like if I was, if you, like a... A teen. So we're going to talk about the Sarlacc. <laughs> I was going to say, like, a teen. <laughs> Tooth Anus sounds like the name of, like, a punk in, a, like, an 80s teen comedy. <laughs> and there's our drummer, Tooth Anus. Yeah, but he turns out to be an okay guy. Oh, yeah, like, everyone's just scared of him for no reason. Yeah, but it turns out at the end he's the guy who helps. His dad's, like, the chief of police or something, mm-hmm. and he helps him get out of a jam. Yeah, not a bad guy, Tooth Anus. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> From the desk of T Anus. <laughs> so anyway, Stephanie Plum manages to find Morelli very easily for oh, a guy yeah. that all the bounty hunters are after, but she loses First she day. loses him again. And so the rest of the movie, while she's looking for other bounties to get easy cash along the way, she is going she after She finds Morelli. like two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one is a naked man who lives in her building. Yeah, a naked elderly man who had l- given her newspapers for her hamster cage before. So it feels kind of like a betrayal of trust for her to take him into the police. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it's any different than her chasing down the guy who gave her the gift of losing her virginity, though. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> gave her the gift of losing her virginity. Um, that's what that's you think of all of, the, all, of the, all of the women you've despoiled in your time, Stuart. That's, that's one gift you, you can't return. Yep. Uh, that's true. And I could have used, I don't know about you guys, I could have used a really great montage of her just like catching crooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been like nice. But like sassy, like hitting one with a baguette, choking one with a, <laughs> choking one with a submarine <laughs> sandwich. Like France to catch <laughs> oh, them? No, 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 no. These are all like bread-based. Tripping a guy with a loaf of bread. <laughs> I think you think this movie was called Bread for the Money. It was not. It was called One for the Money. I don't know if she's some kind of bread-based superhero. Uh, I don't know. I think it works, though. The superheroine Baguette. <laughs> uh, nice. She really she takes down that and, like, a hillbilly type. Uh, and along with the help of it, she's kind of taught the ropes of being a bounty hunter by handsome, hunky bounty hunter, Ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who she said was like the Michelangelo, Mac, Michelangelo's David uh, dipped, dipped in chocolate or Dipped something. in caramel. Caramel, yeah. And packing heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, And he's, ladies. basically, he's there to set up a love triangle. Uh, yeah, and will they, won't they, because there's also Morelli. And the whole movie is basically them running around. Uh, Catherine Heigl is trying to catch Morelli, but then ends up getting caught up in trying to catch the man it looks like may have actually committed the murder. Yeah, she has a little sympathy for him because there's still attraction there, and she... He's thinks, got amazing blue eyes. Yeah, right? and he looks like a young I'm not Aiden the, Quinn. And I'm he not is the, wh- super cut. Like yeah. I said, he's got abs like a Ninja Turtle. And, yeah. she, and she doesn't 100% <laughs> believe that he's he's guilty. She just maybe a I mean, she better. doesn't want to believe it, you yeah. know? Yeah, she, yeah, those eyes. How could they be guilty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, but he might be guilty, but his body isn't. That's the thing. <laughs> if there was only a way where you could take his brain out of his body and just use his body for some kind of crazy carnal thing. Oh, but there is Stuart. Okay, follow me into the lab. A <laughs> uh, man with no brains. Doctor Sexenstein over here. <laughs> is that a funk musician? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, so, but so along the way, failed, Catherine Heigl site. starts racking up a pretty big body count. She leads to a lovable pothead getting thrown to his death mm-hmm. the fr- who's in there are a couple likable characters who are in one scene and then get killed the yeah pothead, well there were, there were a bunch of characters who were like who just happened to be witnesses to the crime that yeah. morelli committed i guess that morelli was accused of committing yeah and it seems like there's a lot of people there yeah for an ab- for an abandoned building or wherever it was sure there were like Somewhere 15 in people in that room yeah, yeah. 
But uh, so people start dying. Sherry Shepard is a prostitute, part of a prostitute duo who know, who she goes to for information. Sherry Shepard gets totally beaten up, has to go to the hospital. Fisher Stevens appears for one scene and then gets blown up in a car bomb. <laughs> yeah, the real cocktease when it comes to Fisher Stevens. Uh, we saw his name in the credits and we were like, "Yes, Fisher Stevens." Doesn't appear to like the last third of the movie and then gets blowed up. Yeah, almost yeah. instantly. Spoiler alert: We spent about ten minutes trying to come up with scenarios that he might have survived the explosion. <laughs> yeah. So for all you fish heads out there, don't even bother watching this movie. Yeah, for Mister Skin yeah. Fisher Stevens edition. <laughs> <laughs> Is that for when Fisher Stevens is naked in a movie? Yeah. Turtling, it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And finally, we find out who did the whole thing after another couple people get killed. Uh, Should I reveal who it was? Yeah, sure, it doesn't matter. It turns out to be uh, (laughs) boxing gym owner John Leguizamo. The Pest? Yes, The Pest. Mm. uh, The Violator himself. (laughs) In league with a mixed martial arts fighter named Ramirez. Mm -hmm. And in the end, uh, Catherine Heigl is at gunpoint. She's being held at gunpoint, her and Morelli, in a meat truck in the middle of a swamp or something. And John Leguizamo is holding them off. And then, like, what, does Morelli pretend to be sick? And John Leguizamo's like... No, Morelli is handcuffed to something. Yeah. Um, And then Catherine Heigl... Pretends to be sick, I guess. Oh, so John Leguizamo's like, okay, she's sick. I won't point my gun at her anymore. <laughs> that's she, probably what's making and her and sick. Like, what's wrong, him. honey? And like, she pushes him over and then shoots him in the chest like four times. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> For uh, real. And uh, Morelli, I guess, and they clear Morelli's name. I mean, she she was wearing a wire, right? It's not a lethal weapon two sort of thing. I don't I don't she know w- if no, she was still wearing she, the wire. She hands it over at the end to her like her friend that, as we were saying, looks like a cross between uh, Steve Buscemi and Will Arnett. She like she's like, oh, you know, like he's innocent by oh, the right. way, there's, but look, let him cool his heels. She's uh, friends for a with while. with one of the policemen in Trenton. Yeah. Who? Uh, yeah. Yeah. She turns in the love interest for the bounty. But then it was like, oh, by the way, he's innocent, but uh, keep him in jail for a bit. Yeah, because he's mad at me. And yeah, so she's I mean, got the job. Sherry Shepard gets a she job got to ki- as a She got to shoot clerk. a guy. No, there's nothing on her. She and, got to kill yeah. a guy. Well, because it's justified. She has to fill the paperwork. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, she got to hunt the most dangerous game. Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> no payback at all. <laughs> she, she got, yeah. She got to, assuming... to hunt the most, the most dangerous game, a sexaholics. <laughs> as a stage show that John Leguizamo did yeah, a while back. Yeah. Uh, so, the guys. most dangerous game, a pyromaniac love story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, case closed. Stephanie Plum is off on her off. She's got a new job as a bounty hunter, and mm-hmm. now it's time for more Stephanie Plum adventures. So okay. we can expect twenty-seven more movies in this yeah. series. This, Except, was a, this was a huge hit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was actually a huge not hit. The, What's okay. the opposite of a hit? How mu- wait, how much did this thing cost? It cost the budget of the film was about forty million dollars, okay. not counting marketing distribution. So and it made like what forty million dollars? What that is co- not on the screen. Well, a lot it cost- of it's Catherine Heigl's. Catherine Heigl, Fisher Stevens, does it come to <laughs> In this day and age, Catherine Heigl Reynolds. is still uh, drawing down well, enough is, of a... Catherine, it, was, it was $40 million and it, what, took in like $10 zillion? Uh, it $11 made zillion? Roughly, According to Wikipedia, it made about $26 million in America. Okay. And... Ten million dollars. The international box office was huge. Ten million dollars overseas. That's just per country, right? uh, In the world, for every country, (laughs) all of them put together. They didn't. I mean, they didn't. (laughs) Abroad, it was called, of course, Plum Finder of Lost Persons, (laughs) which was huge. I think it was called Lady Dick. (laughs) I I, I think if it was called Lady Dick, it would have made way more money. (laughs) Uh, At least in Thailand. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was not a success. And well, here's the thing. Uh, Heigl's other movies usually cost in like twenty-seven to thirty million dollar range. Right, right. So for a movie like this, that's a Catherine Heigl movie that also has like explosions and gunshots. I could see it why it would cost a little bit more. Forty million dollars. Well, Forty is a, million dollars. That is a lot of money for what we just saw. Yeah, I mean it's not last air. They're also but. they're also paying for Leguizamo. Uh huh. I mean, he's not cheap. I don't think. Yeah. Well, he's. And he, they had to pay for Leguizamo's stuntman to wear the squib vest or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Sean Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> His stuntman, Sean. They worked together in every movie. They and had to pay for some uh, stunt hamsters. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of actors in this movie. It's a very big cast. Catherine lo- Heigl's body double. Yeah. For that sex scene. For that, there's no sex scene. That, oh, okay. For the nude scene through the semi-opaque, mostly opaque. Uh, 
Uh, is, that really another, is that another Mr. Skin tagline? Yeah. <laughs> Semi-opaque. <laughs> for, uh, for a movie that is really, this is a, this is a, a lady movie, let's be honest. Wait, uh, what? What's a lady movie? Yeah, a movie for ladies. Oh, okay. There's a, there's a fair amount of Catherine like Heigl's skin. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, like that was the, you know, that's I think that that's what's supposed to draw them in. You know, she's uh, she's a there's action, and most of that action is done in tight jeans and uh, low cut top. Um, and so that gets the boyfriend in the seats. Mm-hmm. What about the in girlfriend? the seats? He's a very large boyfriend. Yeah, multiple <laughs> wow. seats. He has to buy a couple. <laughs> So the, it's really inflated. Wait, the totals are inflated. The I thought you just rent it. <laughs> no, you but you bring your own seat. It's <laughs> no. weird. These movie theaters are very. They're trying to cut down on overheads. Yeah, take those seats home. They've got you know, like they've got grease stains on them. They probably have some for, bed bugs in pay them. Pay for yeah. seat storage. Yeah. No, it's it's a bad deal. You should so, not go see a movie in the theater. So yeah, I don't know why it cost forty million dollars. Okay, but that's what Wikipedia says. Okay. Uh, and it was a big flop, uh, which is strange considering. So we're not going to see two for the money. I don't. Well, that's that. I think the second one is two for the road or something like okay. that. Or two to get ready. Yeah. Like the each three to when I was three to get ready. Go cat go. Oh, okay. but there's twenty three of them. No, no, go, like, go dog go, <laughs> which is the the fifth of the of the right. Janet Avon yeah. books. Go dog go. Mm-hmm. But each of the it's titles a dog has, that has a nice hat. <laughs> but when they get to like twenty three, <laughs> that's dog Chepo. Like, <laughs> when they get to twenty three, are they like twenty three dead bodies or something mm-hmm. like? I mean, I don't know. They might just call it Stephanie Plum number Ten Little Indians. Thank you. <laughs> the twenty third book, Ten Little Indians. <laughs> it's very confusing the numbering system. Yeah. It's, a, you, it's like a base twelve thing. <laughs> base twelve, yeah. So um, um And this is a movie that much like Cowboy and Indians Cowboy and Cowboys Indians. Cowboys, Cowboys I, and I aliens. Would pay to see that. <laughs> much like Cowboys Cow- and Indians, who would have thought <laughs> together? <laughs> the same movie? Together, finally at last. <laughs> much like Cowboys and Do Aliens. Do they even exist at the same time? This is another uh this is another movie where the they optioned the source material many years before they actually made the movie. So this was in development for about 13 years in various stages. Yeah. They're probably just waiting for the perfect Catherine Heigl to come along and step into Stephanie Plum's famous shoes mm-hmm. and do what she I wonder, does. I wonder what other actresses were attached. Eliza Dushku's, uh I don't know. Who's that one with the face in the Bridget Jones movies? Renee Zellweger? Yeah, she, uh, she would, that would be a weird choice. Plum. With the face? <laughs> she's got that weird face. Yeah, she's all really red. I don't, I'm not, I mean, I don't know who else was, was up for it. But okay. it's, I, this is, I will say this for the movie. It moves pretty fast. Yeah. And it is not, it's dumb, but it's not super painful. You know, it's not. Here are my primary problems with the movie. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, man. The, the, direct, the direction is lacks at best like the the, the yeah well, it's almost non-existent the director seems to want to plunk someone down in the center of the the screen and maybe have them sit there while they say something and then they'll cut to another person who's sitting more like in the middle of the screen a little more arty like off off center yeah well shots. occasionally put them to the side of the screen okay. and maybe have someone walking for once so that was a problem uh, and it just like there's as you said elliot people seem to not Get that confused by uh, her well, her becoming a, nobody, a bounty hunter. There didn't seem to be anything at stake at any it's point. It's the danger, and it, because it's a light movie or whatever, but like the danger of the fact that she's a bounty hunter never really seems to feel real or like the characters knew what they were doing or knew what they were in for. And it made it hard to ke- basically give a shit if Katherine Heigl's going to solve this case if her life just seems to be like it's going to be fine whatever but also like there's a light movie about a bounty hunter who's it's called midnight run yeah that's what i'm saying there's a light (laughs) movie about a bounty hunter who's conflicted about what he's going to do uh and it's called midnight run yeah and and that case like there's a real sort of sense of stakes like okay well this person may or may not deserve what they're getting but i want this money and the conflict of that actually feels like a legitimate uh, push and pull inside a person, like a person who has a moral sort of quandary. Whereas this movie, it's just like, oh, <laughs> it's he's by the numbers. Handsome, but... I mean, this is about as disposable as a movie gets. Yeah, and it, it feels a little bit like a that you know that that trope of you have the the female character who's kind of stuck in a somewhat dangerous position, and she's got two different possible hunky male love interests that are opposed for whatever reason. And uh, 
I don't know where I'm going with it. <laughs> no, I mean like you know, it's just it's 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 not it's not big problems in little China. Yeah. <laughs> I mean my uh, like sequel. Yeah. <laughs> my objections tended to come down like on a scene by scene basis of just like that's stupid. Like there's a scene where, uh, as we discussed, Catherine Heigl uh, gets handcuffed naked to uh, the the uh, shower curtain rod. Sounds awesome. Um, yeah, it sounds super sexy, except for it's not. But she's handcuffed naked to the shower curtain rod. Are and you the talking guy about the shower curtain rod thing again? Just like, well, <laughs> she really... has to call her friend this... to unlock her from the handcuffs. Whereas anyone who has ever taken a shower knows that you can yank down a shower curtain rod from the walls. Check out fucking muscles galore. Yeah, look over at here. Samson and Hercules over no, here. No, like I mean, like as you said, Stu, like Catherine Heigl, look, a small lady, all she has to do is put her weight on <laughs> look, the shower Dan, curtain rod. Dan, and it's gonna we're crash not all down. twin sitters, okay? We <laughs> can't all just rip shower curtain rods from the wall. Some of us are normal human beings. Possibly for muscles. comedic effect, maybe not. <laughs> maybe there's a like boing sound effect. It's not like know. King Arthur drawing the shower curtain rod from the wall. I understand. That would be a very weird reading of King Arthur. <laughs> But no, like on uh, just like on a on a, like a like a micro level, there are things that just don't ring true. Is, like the is fact that she's always snacking. True. But how does she keep that rock and mm-hmm. bod? But they bring that up. She oh, says, wait. he says, Morelli says, how do you eat the way you do and look the way you look? Yeah, mm-hmm. but what and what does she say? I don't remember something. She's she's, she's handcuffed to a shower curtain rod. A lot or what's going she on? says, "I'm a character in a movie, and I don't actually eat like this." <laughs> uh, I, I spit out the thing I was chewing moments after. See, chewing. the thing it seems like you're asking for a little bit more realism, mm-hmm. whereas I would actually want the movie to go the other way. I agree with you. Be a little more exaggerated, a little more fun, and over the top. More, more of like a get short. Now, have you ever seen? Kind of, and the best characters in the or the most fun characters in the movie are like. The drug, the the druggy guy who gets killed, the prostitutes, like the very yeah, goofy, really over the top characters. Mm-hmm. I have you ever seen Tracy the movie Morgan's character, on, uh, character's wife on Thirty Rock? Well, Sherry Shepard. Sherry Shepard. Yeah, have you ever seen the Last Action Hero? Oh, <laughs> now, if it was a lot more like the Last Action Hero, I would be on board. <laughs> with a Car- guy, with a like cartoon a, cat, a guy with a <laughs> that's the first thing I was like... going to say was cartoon cat. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pretty. Somatic. Anthony Quinn farting in a tar pit. <laughs> <laughs> All the things you want, like in Last Action Hero. Oh man, Last Death from the Seventh Sign. Seventh yeah, Seal. William Sadler. Yeah. yeah. Actor William Just Sadler walking from, around from the Crypt. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. It's such right? a literate reference from it. In a, it's so weird to see an action movie where they can take it for granted that <laughs> the audience is at least familiar with the fact that this famous movie has death in it as a character. That is a movie. I mean, like that's a movie that and shows a scene from Laurence Olivier's Hamlet early on. Like that's a movie that that movie could have been good. It just was handled wrong. Like, well, I... there's some some good moments could have been. in it. <laughs> I think the whole sequence where they're in the movie is great. Yeah. Where they're actually in the the la- the action movie, but then all the other stuff is kind of bland. I do like when he's in the Tom real world. Noonan's really great. Wait, is that Tom Noonan? In which part? In that movie, isn't he one of the bad guys? I don't is he know. the tall bad guy with the bald head? Let's just assume that he is. <laughs> and just say that Tom Newton's always good. Yeah, 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 he is always good, and he's almost always a tall bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not rare that he's playing a in... short saint. <laughs> Sometimes he's a tall good guy, like, like in the Monster Squad and yep, in Synecdoche, yep. New York. It's, well, he's well, kind of a. It's a weird guy. I would that. call him uh, chaotic neutral. <laughs> in Synecdoche, New York. <laughs> But uh, this, I think, one for the money would have been better. I, I agree that, like, the, those scenes in Last Action Hero at least, like, go for broke, and they're not afraid to be to be a, a movie. Wait, and, we're actually saying that it should be more like Last Action Hero? Yeah, I'm, well, you're, awesome. okay. your facetious thing, I'm taking at face value. No, I agree. It's awesome. But I think this would have been a funnier or a more fun movie. It was, like, had a little bit more uh, looseness and energy and went... Uh, farther with its jokes and its scenes. It plays it very safe. Like, even when the characters bump into each other, they just kind of like, oh, you again, well, blah, blah, blah. Like, they don't react to each other very much. I think they could have improved it by, at somewhere in the development process, realized that they should have just turned it into a TV show and gone from there. Because well, it feels it, like... It, it should feels be a like, TV show. It feels like I'm watching a TV show, and I just saw the first episode, I'm like, eh... Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll maybe, maybe they'll maybe figure this out maybe, later. Yeah, on. Maybe they'll iron out all the and like crap. episode four. It might you know be something. Yeah, you're right. This does feel like the pilot to a right. to an okay weekly show, like a like a USA show where the, where characters are welcome. 
<laughs> or uh, yep, that, that's the thing they say. What was the show where the detective woman had a hat? Uh, <laughs> Prime suspect. Prime suspect. Based yeah. on, based on, of course, the very good English show Prime. But suspect. I'm not talking about that. I'm just no, saying that kind of show. show. That kind of show. Wait, does the person in Prime suspect in England she wears a wear hat? A hat? Is no, it? it's Helen Mirren, right? Yeah, Hel- Hel- so Helen. She Mirren. doesn't wear a hat. No, <laughs> what the fuck's the show about then? <laughs> it was actually originally called a Hat Police. <laughs> hat cop. Hat cop. Um, so uh, you have the right to remain hatless. <laughs> So it's, How do I get one of those hats? You'll have to ask your lawyer. <laughs> you have the right to a hat. If you do not have a hat, a hat will be assigned to you. <laughs> I think it's this. Is, this could have been. So I say, take this movie, cast somebody else in every role except for Fisher Stevens and uh, Sherry Shepard and ba- and and Barrett and all the other ones. And like, the guy who played uh, the the guy who played Will Arnett and Steve Buscemi's son in yeah. the story of their love together. <laughs> he just, just a guy who looks kind of like Steve Buscemi and Will Arnett has son. I like if you took this and made it the one hour pilot to a TV series and then gave that series some time to like get with it. Mm-hmm. Then it, it it like reminds me of what that show Maximum Bob should have been like if it had stayed on for a while. Right. Uh Maybe let Jonathan Frakes direct an episode or two. <laughs> two takes Frakes? Yeah, of course. <laughs> he moves fast and he works quick. <laughs> uh, then, I, yeah, it makes a better show than movie. All right. Uh, I think we're almost alert, there already. Great movie. I think we're almost there already, <laughs> but we should uh, get into our final judgments. This is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, a movie you kind of liked. Stu, what do you say? Oh, man. Um, I, I think it's tough. I think I'm going to have to say it's... A rare middle ground in between two categories. Um, it's not fun enough to be a good bad movie, but I didn't hate it enough to really say it's a bad bad movie. Um, I guess it's not really good in any way, but it does move fast. Um, I'm gonna and, s- oh, and, and I'm not like I'm not going to remember it forever as something I hated. Yeah, I think I'm gonna sit on this fence with Stu. That yeah, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. But like I could see my mom passing away an hour and a half on a rainy day what? watching this you know your mom yeah uh, the same mom who likes the books i'm gonna so there's room on this fence Dan. no, no i'm gonna it's I'm, a big fence three. it's it's like the great fence of china i'm gonna i'm basically gonna be with you i'm gonna say that this is one of the best of the bad bads like it it was inoffensive I kind of enjoyed watching it because I was in the company of you guys. Uh, and I'll say this about it, too. Like, I think Catherine Heigl was miscast. I don't think that she like sells herself as being tough in any way. But she is not brittle and unlikable in this movie like she no. normally is. She's much more likable she's, in this than she is in like, she's 27 She's much more likable. Like, I, I remember a time when I'm like, oh... I like Catherine Heigl toward the beginning of her career when she was first coming out. I'm like, oh, she's 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 good at what she does. And uh, but like they should. She doesn't nag as much. Yeah, <laughs> this one. She never says Tartanian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. But but she shows a bit of a, like a, a comedic flair in this. The that ideal I think has been casting. For a while. If they had made this movie like 18 years ago with okay. Marissa Tomei in the lead role, like yes. that would have been basically perfect casting. Yeah, I agree. And you would have believed her as someone one who is. Tough enough to become a bounty hunter if she had to, but two, you believe her as naive enough to not know what to do as a bounty hunter and be in the, and be in crazy situations. But Catherine Heigl is just not quite and, there. and, and also would... to have a cousin Vinny. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, she doesn't have a cousin Vinny. She's actually engaged to Vinny. <laughs> if there were cousins, it'd be very weird. I totally misunderstood that movie. No, no, Ralph That's Macchio is Vinny's cousin. cousin. But she won the award for it. <laughs> Not every no, not everyone. Yeah, she won the award for being the best cousin of Vinny. Not everyone in that movie had the had the title relationship with the character. Wait a minute. Like for instance, the judge Wait, played by Herman Munster was not Vinny's cousin. Oh my god! And Perry White from the New Adventures of Superman. So we're gonna watch this again, Vinny's right? Mm-hmm. What? My, my cousin, my cousin, Vinny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, After this episode, it's on I'd, TBS or something, right? <laughs> well, they it is very funny, like TBS. <laughs> Or is that, wait, what's TNT? That knows drama, right? TNT mm. does know drama and, USA and basketball is, matches. <laughs> <laughs> and USA is characters are welcome? Mm-hmm. Okay. This has been the Basic Cable Taglines <laughs> podcast. Uh, IFC, always on, a little off. Yeah. <laughs> Logo shows RuPaul's Drag Race, my favorite show. And I think it's, bra- it's it, oh, VH1's tagline now is just, it's trending. <laughs> Which is horrible. What? That's almost as good as really? Time Warner's tagline, enjoy better. 
<laughs> they're like, well, we like enjoy, and we like the word better. Just smash them together. So, yeah, well, put them well, together. I'm Mr. Time Warner. I don't have a lot of time <laughs> or Warner. Them up. Uh, so now it's time for the Flophouse Movie Mailbag. Yeah, Elliot's mailbag. favorite part of the show. Letter time. It's Flophouse letter time. Time for letters to the Flophouse with Dan and Stu and letters from you. Flophouse letters. Wow, you didn't that even put yourself one. in your you own song. Better. No, that's, well, you're right. Oh, and Elliot's here. Hey, who's this guy? <laughs> Elliot Kalen. Glad you asked. Know, Born in 1981 much. in New York, but he grew up long. in New Jersey. Went to Milburn High School. Graduated in 1999. Then like NYU really for three and a half years. I'm just singing my resume. Okay, well, uh, this letter is from Bob Mackey. He says, I withhold nothing. Wait, oh, Bob wow. Mackey? Mm-hmm. The, uh, the costume designer? I can only assume. He says, I come to you with shocking news. Mm, make, okay. sure, make sure you're sitting or have a reliable fainting mattress by your side. Both. Yes. Check and check. Another Don't podcast. Don't do a spit take. Oh, too late. <laughs> Another podcast has completely copped your style, and though it may lack the raw sensuality of the Flophouse, <laughs> I AKA thought you Stewart. should all know. <laughs> And unfortunately, that podcast is my own. <gasps> oh, wow. I host OneUp.com's old-school video game podcast, Retronauts, which has recently entered its sixth year. In a callow attempt to mix things up, I recently decided to borrow the formula of your very podcast. We have a formula? Of which we, I've recently become a major fan. Thank you. So far, we've covered Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter, and Resident Evil, and we'll soon wrap things up with Mortal Kombat before we anger the notorious litigious Stuart Wellington. Wait, what? He has a lot of lawsuits in process right now. I did plug Mainly against Seth Rogen. (laughs) Stop stealing my voice. I did plug your podcast at the beginning of our movie month. That's good. Yeah, very Rogen-y. And I will do so again during the finale. If your listeners would like to listen in, just search for Retronauts on the iTunes Music Store. Plus, let me know if you'd like to be sister podcast. If you visit the one-up offices, you'll have diplomatic immunity and will be able to murder anyone you want as long as it's with your bare hands. Yeah, until Danny Glover goes, diplomatic immunity was just revoked mm-hmm. and shoots, shoots us. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the money Case explodes. <laughs> <laughs> By the way... Please see to it that Stuart is fully hydrated for all your podcasts. He was not the delightful scoundrel I expect him to be on the on the uh, Conan the Barbarian podcast. Oh my god, I was drinking Pedialyte. It just didn't work yet. <laughs> Pedialyte takes like a day to work. Uh, so I just, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Retronauts podcast since they were so kind. Yeah, thanks for giving us a shout so out for us. Glad you enjoy ours. Ours. Hours. Uh, hours. Yeah. So, hours. if there's anyone yeah. out there who, who enjoys... Don't, don't uh, give that a shout-out. <laughs> oh, sorry. If there's a listener to our Flophouse podcast that enjoys retro gaming, I'm sure there would not be anyone in our... Not much of a crossover yeah, there. No, no. Our, our demographic is very different. Our listeners are really awesome studs that like to mm-hmm. party, hang out with Super babes, cool or are babes. Yeah, they might are be babes, too. <laughs> I'm babe on each arm. <laughs> and... Uh, they do enjoy Tetro gaming, which is gaming based on the later works of Francis Ford Coppola. Weird. Okay, well, uh, all of my plum jokes, in retrospect, seem pretty good now. Nope. <laughs> Still bad. So, no, you can tell yourself that. If that gets uh, you through this mailbag faster. This uh, next but letter. Thanks, Mr. Mackey. He's from David, last name withheld. This better not be our brother. Oh, my God. He says. I've become troubled by something that only you can help me with. Oh, good. Okay, this is not my brother. I've recently learned that someone I know likes the movie Old Dogs. What can I do in this situation? Has medical science advanced enough that I can cure this condition, or will I have to shut them in my basement for decades until they eventually break free and go on some kinds of old dogs-related rampage? Unfortunately, I do not have a castle to lock them up in, though I've heard somewhere (laughs) that's the best way of dealing with freaks. (laughs) Thank you for your help in this matter, and if the police turn up, I promise to keep your names out of it. Thanks. Now... I need to ask. We need more is, information. Yeah, is the person who likes old dogs either a really old person mm-hmm. or a really young dog? Or a really young dog. <laughs> or a really young for, or like a baby. Yeah, like babies like all kinds of shit if it's flashing in front of their faces. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They just like colors and shapes. Yeah, that's what old dogs has in spades. Mm-hmm. Colors and shapes. Well, what you were going to say, old person or... Or like a baby, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, if no, you're one step ahead of me. Yeah, you're one step ahead, Kalen. If it, <laughs> that's what <laughs> they call me. The nickname that's longer than my name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I would say if it's a child, that's okay. They'll grow out of it. If it's an old person, there's only one cure, and that's death, and they'll get it. Um, but so Elliot's encouraging you to kill them. No, no. Na- the cold hand of nature Elliot's will do that for you. words kill him. <laughs> no, and you not know what, what I said. And, and they'll be judged by whatever gods they hold dear. Anubis, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> Anubis takes Possibly Crom. Anubis takes your, your taste in movies and weighs it on a scale against a feather. And if you love old dogs, it's much heavier than the feather, and you're cast into whatever the Egyptian version of hell is. Yeah. But your ka is unsettled. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that helps. So hopefully you well, I, and I or get a castle and just stick your freak in it. You know, yeah. just stick your freak in I, it. I, I, <laughs> don't. I'm I'm gonna surprise you guys. Stick, don't stick your freak right in there. <laughs> Please don't ever. I'm gonna shock everybody and say I'm gonna go with Castle Freak this time, guys. <laughs> okay. You should go and watch Castle Freak. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, if they like old dogs, show them Castle Freak. That should cure them. <laughs> So, uh, this next email is from Heather, last name withheld. Locklear. <laughs> it says, congratulations on your 100th podcast. I honestly just found your podcast through the uproar over not knowing that Olivia Wilde was the mom in End Time. Well, I guess sure. every, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, sure. In this case, we're going wild was. over it. You get it? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I am writing, I'm writing that Elliot... One L, one T, and Dan. Incorrect. In describing a costume of Superman that fits a circle of friends with different body types, didn't notice that you experienced in real life the basic concept of the sisterhood of the traveling pants. (laughs) That's true. That's a good point. (laughs) It was the brotherhood of the traveling Superman costume. Hoped it would set up a classic (laughs) flophouse tangent of the brotherhood of the traveling Superman costume. And how the Superman costume helps resolve your various cliched coming-of-age dramas. Hope Olivia Wilde was involved in at least one plot line. Yeah, well, that's when I wore the suit under my clothes to make it look like I had muscles so that mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde would go, get, would go out with me. Yeah. Turned out at the end, she just liked my personality. I thought yeah. she was your fucking mom. I, I thought like... that was the, the twist him up, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the big twist at the end, too. Is but she still out... goes to prom with Elliot. Yeah, why not? She's well, yeah. somebody's mom. Yeah. Moms can go to prom. Everybody's son, but every prom. There's an O and an M in both of them. Well, there's the every mom prom, prom is a mom. Wait, what? Wait, what? I don't know. It was this a hillbilly prom. prom, too. There were a lot of guys there with their moms. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Dan, how did the Superman <laughs> costume help you save your life? Uh, I mean, I, you know. I looked pretty Dead good. Air, I looked dude. pretty good in it. I no, I, I agree. You look pretty good. And, Stuart, what would you do if you had a Superman costume? Uh, I don't know. I'd probably go into stores and see if they give me free coffee. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm and a celebrity. <laughs> you may know me as S-Man. You may want to take you a picture see. with me and then I'll sign it. Um, and I'll My be chest. like, no, 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 no bullets, please. I'll die. Well, wait, I won't die. I mean, don't try. It'll bounce off and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try and pull a Houdini on me because I will yeah, surely Houdini rupture was, my. Because Houdini was shot in the gut. <laughs> While wearing a Superman. No, this is, I was going on a different. <laughs> While wearing thing. a Superman costume. I was yeah. saying, don't punch me in the stomach because uh, I have uh, super. Yeah, we didn't let him. I have super that. appendicitis. That's true. Uh, so this last <laughs> super appendicitis. This last uh, <laughs> the oh your yellow the, the rays from your yellow sun have given me super <laughs> appendicitis. Your yellow appendix. <laughs> Uh, this is from Kristen last I think that means you have jaundice. It could be yellow appendix. Kristen, another lady. Mm, This is ladies' night here on the flop house. It is. Welcome. Catherine Heidel, Heather, Kristen, Bob Mackey. Mm -hmm. It says, hi, floppers. Hello. Hey. Some time ago. (laughs) Stuart is coming on to a letter. Mm -hmm. You have nice eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your your, your pickup line? Go to. That's the first page, dude. First page of picking up ladies. Tell compliment their eyeballs. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you got really sweet eyeballs. Your then, eyes aren't bulgy at all, and then you, you neg them. You don't look like a deep one eyeballs. or anything. <laughs> a deep one. You don't have the Innsmouth look. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're not like the last scene of Total Recall. <laughs> anyway, Christian says, sometime ago, you put out a call for Flophouse babies, which you defined as children conceived. While listening to the show. Oh, my God. Did well, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> I don't think I can meet that requirement, but I can Thank tell God. you that when I woke to my first labor pains, I was delighted to see my phone automatically downloading episode 94, Dreamhouse. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Your witty banter and amusing anecdotes helped me to get through a very long day as I waited for active labor to kick in. At least I imagine your banter was witty and your anecdotes amusing. I can never listen to that episode again as I will forever associate it with the extreme pain of natural childbirth. 
Anyway, spoiler alert. I eventually delivered a beautiful baby boy whom I have named after none of you. Oh, you thanks didn't name for him making <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making a difficult day a little brighter and congratulations on 100 episodes. I am so touched by that story that I am not going to even point out that Dan when he meant to say child said gave birth to a trial <laughs> and I'm not going to go on a tangent about a woman giving birth to a full court. Sometimes when you're talking over me, I get so flustered that my my mouth won't say yeah, the words that I want to say. But I'm one vein on his forehead. <laughs> I'm really glad that we could be there to help you in your time. I feel like this was the Flophouse version of the sitcom where a woman is in labor in an elevator and like Zach Morris is stuck Alf there. Alf does with him. it, dude. Well, it we all Alf Zach episode. Morris did it too. We can all I imagine. Mean, wait, was it? Oh my god! The three <laughs> that of us actually oh makes god. a lot of sense. Zach Morris is Alf. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. The three of us delivered this baby in an elevator. They both have the same mm-hmm. haircut, I think. Yeah, and uh, and Zach can stop time. Alf's from out of outer space. The girl from out of this world from outer space and can stop time. Hello. Saved by the Alf. So you're saying that 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 girl's (laughs) the child of Alf and Zach Morris? That's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, Well, we're very happy that the boy was born healthily and that everyone's okay now. And uh, I I guess the next next baby will be a little Danuer (laughs) Telliot. Yeah. Or Alf. You could name it Alf. Or Alf, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Stands for alien life form. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is the final segment on the show. This is where we uh, recommend some movies that we actually liked, in contrast to say one for the money, uh, which, which got a which, which got a marginal. Uh, it was like a, that's like pass. a it's like a one and a half star movie. He got a he got a C minus. Yeah, on the Flophouse scale. Yeah. Okay. On the scale where like, Bratz is an A plus <laughs> and Ten Thousand BC is an F minus minus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think this was a C minus. That that sounds about right. A solid C minus though. Yeah. I mean, it got points for having no spear tooths, but it did have plenty of manix. So C minus. <laughs> didn't have any manics. I guess I fell asleep during the scene where Catherine Heigl hunted a mammoth. <laughs> Read between the lines, Elliot. <laughs> So, Elliot, what uh, what movie would you like to recommend? I would like to recommend a movie called The Missouri Breaks. Uh, it is a western from the mid-70s starring Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando, directed by Arthur Penn, uh, who you've known from other movies. I'm not going to go into it Little right Big now. Man? Little Big Man, among others, yeah. Bonnie and Clyde and all that. Sure. Uh, and it's about... Uh, Jack Nicholson and Harry Dean Stanton and Randy Quaid are a couple members of a horse thief gang. The horniest Quaid. <laughs> The craziest Quaid. Uh, They're a horse thief gang, and one of their gang is killed by a rancher, and they decide to get revenge on him by opening a ranch next door and stealing his horses. And the rancher hires this uh, kind of legendary but very eccentric gunman played by Marlon Brando to stop them. And Marlon Brando basically decides he doesn't really care about stopping them from stealing the horses, but he does want to kill these men. Uh, And it becomes... A, a hunt, Marlon Brando hunting these people down, and Jack Nicholson has to kind of figure out what's going on and, and stop him. Uh, and it's really good. The acting is really good in it. And this is around the time Marlon Brando really started going nuts with his performances and, like, doing crazy accents, wearing crazy costumes. It's basically like this is a couple years before making Apocalypse Now. So he's, like, not super fat, but he's heavier, but he's really good in it. And his eccentricity really works for the character in a way that if anyone who may have read Blood Red Meridian, the Cormac McCarthy book, the villain in that— Blood Meridian. Oh, sorry, Blood Meridian, not Blood Red Meridian. Sorry, Blood Meridian. Uh, Marlon Brando reminds me of that character a lot this just kind of evil spirit who is very puckish but there's something sinister about him even when he's like taking a bubble bath uh and it's just a lot of and it's marlon brando you're like oh if only you could have stayed right there on the edge marlon brando you would have had a number of great movies left in you but instead he just kind of toppled over but it's a but it's a very good movie and it's a very uh good west 70s western and you said randy quaid's in it right randy quaid is in it yes and harry dean stanton that is a twofer Friends. That it's is a twofer of uh, great character actors. Uh, and also Jack Nicholson. Man, let's talk about Randy and Quaid And Marlon Brando. Like, two of the best actors ever are in it. Yeah, but I mean, they're in a lot of movies. But Randy Quaid and... Yeah, because Randy Quaid's only been in a handful of films. <laughs> so, uh, I would like to recommend... So, The Missouri Breaks, that's what that's called. Uh, this is... Randy I Quaid presents <laughs> The Missouri Breaks. Starring Randy Quaid. <laughs> I think my recommendation... Randy Quaid joined. <laughs> 
I think my recommendation is appropriate for a uh, week where we talked about One for the Money with Catherine Heigl. Your recommendation is One for the Money with Catherine Heigl. (laughs) No, it's it's fun. Watch it on a plane. (laughs) A movie that has an unconvincing female action lead. I would like to recommend a movie that has a convincing female action lead, which was uh, Aliens? Haywire, which I watched. Uh, the Steven Soderbergh film, uh, starting starring uh, Gina Carano or sure. Carano. I don't know how you say. It. You got to pronounce it right around her, man. She's Carano, uh, UFC fighter Gina Carano, who uh, Steven Soderbergh saw, I believe, on a plane uh, doing UFC fighting. <laughs> well, he was trying to watch Sherlock Holmes too. <laughs> per your recommendation, yeah. <laughs> couldn't find it. Punched the UFC button and said, "This woman needs to be in a movie." Wait. There's a UFC button? <laughs> yeah, it's right next to the stewardess button. Yeah. It's where the ashtrays used to be. <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a it's kind of a sister film to uh, The Limey. It's it's even, like Lim Dobbs, the guy who wrote The Limey, wrote uh, Haywire. And it's like The Limey, uh, except for all the significance of The Limey has been removed, and it's just a straight-ahead sort of action thriller. Uh, so... If you swap out Terrence Stamp for a badass female MMA yeah. fighter, and she just beats a bunch of dudes' asses. Yeah. That's basically the movie. Sounds pretty awesome. Do they use old footage of Terrence Stamp in it? <laughs> they do not. Okay, well. Um, but they do have, like, weird... Unfortunately, uh, Ken Loach didn't make too many UFC <laughs> movies. <laughs> it is a Steven Soderbergh movie, so there is weird, like, uh, out-of-chronological-order editing, and... Uh, uh, is it David Holmes who does the Sherlock scores? Holmes. Uh, like the guy, d- <laughs> I think Elliot's right. I don't know. The guy did the score for like Out of Sight. Did the score for? This. Did he do the score for Contagion? I don't know. That's it's a got great that. Score. It's got that like weird like sort of throwback jazz score. Oh, then I don't think so. Uh, and it's the sort of Steven Soderbergh film I like, it, where he's just taking on like a genre movie but making it really fun. What's the kind of Steven Soderbergh film you don't like? Um, Jay. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I wanted to see that. Uh, but this movie is a trim 90 minutes, unlike Che. Which is a fat four hours. Yeah, so uh, I enjoyed it. Go see it. Stu, what do you have to say? Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that is both uh, is my two favorite <laughs> Both <things>. freaky <laughs> and takes place in a castle. <laughs> it's called Invisible Maniac. It's called Freaky Castle Friday. <laughs> Uh, this is a movie that's both a found footage movie, which I totally love, right, dudes? And a, uh... I don't... Okay. You don't. No, I'm going to recommend the movie Chronicle, um, okay. which is, like, a, ma- a mishmash of both the, like, found footage style of movie and a superhero movie. And for some reason, it manages to work, um... Even it's a movie where you have a bunch of high, uh, three high school kids. <clears throat> you know, you got one creepy kid who's going to be Tetsuo later on. You got one kid who's like the cool nice guy, and then you got uh, so like, like so uh, Kaneda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, one guy who's like you know the cool like he's like a jock, but you know he's pretty cool. And he's played by Michael Jordan. Wait, the basketball player? No, the guy who played Wallace in The Wire. And was on uh, oh, Friday Night Lights. Not, His name's Michael Jordan. Not pro best. You, he should change that name. Not Space Jam's Michael Jordan. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I mean, I'd have to watch Space Jam again. Um, <laughs> not, you, you've forgotten who Michael Jordan not is. Not Michael Jordan years. walking on air is Michael Jordan. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I think it's maybe. a Sports Illustrated video they okay. put out years ago. So, um... You got these three dudes. They touch this weird magical geode that's down in a hole somewhere, and then they get like superpowers. And they totally they try and keep it cool for a while, and then they totally start abusing their powers and blowing shit up. Um, now the thing is that the that whole like found footage element actually kind of works for it. The special effects and the powers and everything seem a little more real and a little more, um, and they can let their budget stretch a little farther. So um, yeah, it's good. So, Chronicle. Chronicle. Of Riddick. The Chronicles of Narnia is what you're recommending. Yes. But Lego's Bionicles. <laughs> uh, never was allowed to buy Bionicles. <laughs> the Chronic. To the, the album, The Chronic, well, is like what you're recommending. One, yeah, why not? Sure. Chrono Trigger <laughs> for the Super <laughs> Nintendo. I mean, that's a great game. <laughs> Do we want to keep going or do we want to sign off? Let me think if I can think uh, of another Kronos, one. Chronos, the movie. Uh, sure. Chronos, uh, the Greek. God thing. He's a titan. I mean, he's, a t- he's still a god thing. Yeah, he's a- <laughs> titans are god things. Conehead, Coneheads, the movie. 
Yeah, no, that, yep, <laughs> okay. uh, that's I recommend Close that. I guess. David Cone, the baseball player. <laughs> I don't know that. that guy Coney does. Island, the island. Yeah, uh, probably. No, uh, waffle cone. Best way to eat ice cream. <laughs> I mean, it's better than spun sugar. <laughs> so right. chronicle. Yes. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it, Wait, guys. Wait, you more? You, you good? No, I think I think I think our words. That, I think our words that sound like other words quoted has been met. Oh, okay. exceeded. Yeah. We don't even have to do any next week, though we will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, House Cat, what are you doing here? <laughs> okay, well, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. Stuart Wellington is there- me. <laughs> <laughs> and there he goes, Elliot Kalen. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Oh, it's hot. Stuart so Wellington is me. <laughs> uh oh. Wow. Uh, dude. <laughs> Nice Al Madrigal impression. Thank you. Owl Madrigal? <laughs> yeah, Owl Madrigal is uh, Al Madrigal's animal friend. Who? He's he a correspondent on The Daily Show. Because mm-hmm. owls say who. Okay. I get it. No, I got it. It's like late. the hit band, the Guess Who. Uh, let's do this shit show. <laughs> yeah, man. I was hoping to do a good show today. Mm. <laughs> no. Meow. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm outvoted two to one. <laughs> Let me drink. You're outvoted meow to one.